Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solve. LinkedIn is something that the majority of us use, whether we use it daily or whether we've got a profile on it and we have used it in the past. But how can we leverage LinkedIn to create better connections, to maybe win more clients? Well, Craig Dean is a man that I believe can help us and this is the topic of the conversation today. I hope you enjoy and get value from mine and Dino's conversation. And if you haven't yet subscribed um, to the podcast, then please do, because it does help me bring more amazing people like Dino closer to us all. Have an amazing week and we'll chat next. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I have the immense pleasure of chatting with Dino. Dino is a LinkedIn legend and a fellow Chorleyite as well. How are you, Dino? Are you all right? I'm okay, mate. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks very much for having me. No, honestly, the pleasure is all mine. I can assure you. I can assure you. So I've, I've been really looking forward to this because I think it's fair to say we've not known each other for um, for, for many years and we were <laughs> put into contact by uh, somebody that lives um, in in Bristol, Pete Cam, the laughter man. Indeed. Um, but we, we actually live in the same town. Um, we do, we do. Uh, just around the corner. We do indeed, yeah. We do indeed. So th- this feels a bit bizarre to be doing this over Zoom and we could have just done it in the pub. But uh, for, for the benefit of everybody else, this is this is how we've got to do it. This is how we've got to do it. So for those people who don't know who Dino is, who is he? And how has he got to sit in that? that is it a four leather um, seats that it's not doing? it's it's i would say it's a partial partial leather it's it's got like a leather back to it and the rest is like a mesh <laughs> <laughs> a very com- a very comfortable mesh that airs out my my buttocks so very, <laughs> very happy <good>. with that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so how did i get involved in linkedin or where did it all begin so i've been involved in linkedin probably right from the very start um i'm on my second profile um because I didn't feel that the network that I had in my first profile was relevant was relevant to my business today. Um, but I, after I left the forces, I, I got into sales and recruitment um, and, li- and worked in sales and recruitment for, what, 20 years or so, something like that. Um, and yeah, it was good. I, I, I worked in, in the UK and, and Hong Kong, um, you know, from recruitment roles to headhunting roles and so on and so forth. And throughout that period of time, I'd always use LinkedIn as a, a, you know, as a, as a means of generating leads for, for me in business. Um, And so my last, the last role I I held was with um, a company called SIFT, which was part of Indeed.com. And after, uh, after losing that job during COVID, um, I've, I'd always had like this side hustle, which is in Fluxio. Um, and so I essentially, as a LinkedIn coach, I help people um, with everything from profile optimization to lead generation and, and content creation. Um, and so, uh, yeah, when I, when I left 
uh, and when my time at Indeed was no more, um, I had I kind of had two choices. I could go and get another job or throw myself into my side hustle, which was which was Influxio. Um, and so I opted for the latter. Um, and that's and this is what I've been doing since January. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love helping people achieve more using the amazing platform that is LinkedIn. Yeah, I love that. I love that. When you started your story then as well, you mentioned the forces. Um, how long were you in the yeah. forces for? I was in for six years, um, six wonderful years. I, I often refer to it as the best years of my life. Um, Mrs. doesn't like it when I say that, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, it was amazing. And I, you know, um, it, I always said when I left, in fact, when I left, I remember the lad saying, you do realize that you're leaving the, the family that loves you. And I was like, yeah, I do. But there's other things I want to do in life, you know? So, yeah. um, but to this day, we all still remain really, really good mates. I think I mentioned before we kind of jumped on air that you know I met up with with one of um with, with one of my brothers from another mother um this weekend and uh yeah just kind of chewed the fat and you know drank a few beers and got yeah. a bit merry and uh talked about the old days you know and it's and it's great and we're always there for each other um we're always there there for each other through thick and thin and it's it, it is very much a brotherhood so um during the forces I was a, a physical training instructor um, I was also part of Milan Platoon um, in the Worcestershire and Sherwood Foresters Regiment. Milan Platoon, if anybody doesn't know what that is, is um, a platoon that blows up tanks. So we used to use, yeah, we, we wow. were an, anti, an anti-tank platoon, essentially. So that was my job uh, was, yeah, I used to blow tanks up for a living, um, which wow. is a little, which is, some people say it's very, very different to what you do now. And I said, well, you could say that, but I still... I'm laser targeted on my audience, and I know that's what I tend, tend to try and bring into the into the mix. But yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a far cry from what I used to do, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's quite a, it's quite a leap, that isn't it? So, I guess, what lessons did you learn in the forces, or what what did you take from the forces to help you in sales and to help you in in, in what it is that you do today? Well, the biggest one I think is, is discipline. Um, and, and sticking, you know, when you say you're going to do something, you actually follow through and you, and you get it done. Um, but there's, there's one thing that I've always been, I don't think this is necessary for the forces. I've always been very motivated to achieve no matter, no matter what, I, what, what, no matter what I do. And so, you know, when I think about my days when I used to be a PTI and, and, and you know, running for, for my regiment and things like that, I was always very competitive. So there's a competitive edge to me for sure that I think helps me in, in, in the job that I do now. Um, but yeah, um, but I'm also, I've, always, I've also always been very creative. Um, so again, from a content creation point of view, that's, that's particularly, particularly helpful. Um, to a certain degree, profile optimization requires certain elements of creativity in order to be able to kind of put your banner together and and how to dis, you know how to display your featured content and so on um so yeah that all of those kind of things kind of come into the mix um in in the job that i do now for sure yeah so when you start talking about being motivated and always be motivated i find so for me i've um i've kind of coasted through large chunks of my life and it's only probably the last three years where i've been more motivated and focused than than ever before when you yeah. talk about motivation and you said you've always been motivated, have you always been motivated or is there a time in your life that's given you this kind of like kick to, no. to do? 
yeah, when I say I've always been motivated, I think what happened, I didn't have the best upbringing, um, not by any stretch of the imagination. This is not me trying to put over a sob story now. This is just a fact. So um, I grew up with um, alcoholic parents um, and my mother was, she slipped into a, into a deep depression to the point where she was admitted to D block, which was a psychiatric unit. Um, in, at Kidderminster Hospital and she was there for many many years of my childhood um, as a result of that and, and seeing you know not not really having much and with with having a single parent father who couldn't actually manage myself and my two sisters what it, what actually ended up happening is I ended up getting packed off to my aunt and uncles um, it was at my aunt and uncles that I was abused sexually abused as a, as a child by my uncle um, and that was the catalyst because um, that happened when I was 13 and I kind of carried that from 13 through to 18 when I joined the army. And I think what happened was I realized I saw an escape route for me to get away from everything. Um, and that's why I've got a lot of a huge amount of respect for the army. And that's because not only did I go from a boy to a man in a relatively short period of time, but I suddenly recognized that actually all that shit that had happened to me you know, years ago when I was 13, wasn't any of my fault. I'd carried it around like a burden, like, like, like I'd done something wrong. And, um, and it turned out that actually, you know, I was not at fault in any way, shape or form. So, so it, it kind of allowed me to put the lid on something um, and move on. And I think when I look back at my childhood and kind of not having much as kids, I remember, for, for example, my dad, cutting uh, beer mats up and putting them in my shoes because I had holes in, um, you know, because because he couldn't afford to get a, a pair of shoes for me. So um, and it was all these little things that happened, like going to school with, you know, tomato sauce sandwiches because we had nothing to put nothing in the cupboards to put into the sandwiches. So when I look back on all of that, that's definitely where my motivation comes from, because I don't want history to repeat itself. I certainly don't want my kids to kind of go through um, anything like that. So. So, yeah, so, you know, the, the, you ask the question, where does my motivation comes from? It definitely stems from that childhood, I think. Yeah. And if you could give yourself a piece of advice that you know now and say to, to the 13 year old Dino, what, what advice yeah. would you give yourself? Oh, good question. Uh, I would say, hmm, I think I think I would say, like, don't don't be too hard on yourself don't don't bottle things up in the way that you used to um and hopefully you can tell now by the way that i'm speaking now i'm very honest and open about about that childhood i have no guilt i don't carry any guilt around anymore like i used to i'm i i hid it i never told anybody i never spoke about it openly um so i would say yeah don't bottle things up and particularly in this day and age where you know not just male suicide, but suicide in general, like, like the figures are climbing through the roof. I think one of the main reasons though for, for guys um, that, 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 that the male suicide rates are so high and particularly with, with my brothers from other mothers uh, in, in my regiment and other, and other regiments in the forces, they, they, they struggle because they bottle things up. They try to be the tough guy all the time and you can't be that tough guy all the time because we're human, you know, we're human. We, we need to vent. We need to get these, these thoughts and feelings out for sure. Yeah. I think, um, 
we've only known each other for like, for like um, five, six months now, so whatever, whatever it is. But I have to yeah. say that you are one of the most genuine, honest, um, open individuals that, that I've ever met. And I think that's a, that's a testament and a, and, a, and a credit to yourself and your character, Dino, if I'm honest. Cheers, um, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. And this is this is just the start of the conversation, and hopefully, the yeah. um, the, uh, the the time and, and conversation that I get to have with you. So I guess when how easy was it going from the um, the services to sales? Oh, uh, it was. There's a story behind that. So like there is with most things in my life, <laughs> um, I literally just kind of took to it like a duck to water because I didn't. I didn't recognize and didn't know there was any pressure related to sales. So what happened was I'd been, I'd actually got a job down in London when I left the forces, I was doing um, security work for Mohammed El Fayed. Um, and I split up with my ex down in London and moved up up North uh, because my best mate who had, who had been in the forces with lived in Preston. And he said, what you can st- come up here, mate. He said, I'm working for a company at the moment. Um, it's a recruitment company and I'm the manager of the branch. He said, so you can come up here. He says, stay, in my, stay at my house till you get yourself on your feet. He says, and I'll, I'll try and get you a job at my place. And that's exactly what happened. I got offered a job as a, a junior recruitment consultant. Um, I kind of embraced the, the opportunity with both hands. Um, within a year, I'd kind of gone from junior recruitment consultant to consultant to senior consultant and then I was being offered uh, a job as a manager so so the progression there in, in a year had been had been really really good um, but I remember when um, my best mate sat me down for the first time in the office and I had to I, I was sat on a, a driving desk so I had to um, my job was to try and get HGV clients on board um, for drivers and um, and he said right he said what you need to do mate he said you need to like pull through this list of people and just see if you can book appointments with regards to our services. So I was like, right, okay. So, and there were two, there were two girls sat in the office uh, with us at the time. We'd obviously been there for quite some time. And all I remember was I jumped on the phone and started ringing through this list and had a bit of a script that I had to follow. I started ringing through and I was looking around as I was making, like having the, the calls and the conversations. And I saw my mate pointing over at me and smiling. And I saw the two girls like, like this with their mouths wide open because they couldn't believe that I'd never done like the job before. They couldn't believe that I'd never done recruitment or sales before because, and I think it was because I, I didn't have, I hadn't attached any kind of pressure to that kind of role. I just thought it, saw it as I'm just picking up the phone and speaking to people. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't look at it like sales or like how most people talk about selling as such. So yeah. So I found it quite easy if I'm honest. Yeah, no, good. And it comes across because you're, you're quite a human person. That that human element, I think, comes across really strongly in, in like you as a person and your approach to everything. Because I, I want to just touch on LinkedIn now, because that that is where you spend your time. It's what you do. It's how you help help people. Um, how how do you help people, Craig Dean, on LinkedIn? I'd say I hate the word expert. So. Oh, but but one thing I think the definition of an expert is somebody that spent over ten thousand hours of immersing themselves in something right so they say you don't become an expert until you've done that 10,000 hours I know that I've gone way way above that when it comes to profile optimization and obviously over the years LinkedIn has changed a hell of a lot Um, but because I'm always in amongst it and because I'm always looking at it from I try to 
what I always say to people is that most people, I'd say 99% of people on LinkedIn have got a resume style uh, profile. Um, and so I'll say to them, and as I've said to you, Lee, before, you know, what is a resume for? And they say, it's for getting a job. Yeah. And I'll say, okay, so what are you on LinkedIn for? And they're like, okay, so I want to get clients. I'll say, okay, so you've got the wrong tool for the wrong job. And so what I specialize in doing and what I'm an expert in doing is taking a look at someone's profile, going through it with a fine tooth comb and orientating that profile into more of a high converting landing page so that when people visit your profile, it's, it's less of, uh, okay, so this is what he's been doing for the past 10 years and more like it kind of, I don't know, it kind of, when the, I try to get it so that when someone looks at your profile, they're, they're, they can see how you can help solve their problems. So they can see the value that you bring to the table and how by, by having a chat with you or working with you that, that you know, you, you can provide immense value or high perceived value to them. Um, so that's the main area. And the second area that I help um, primarily is just lead generation, helping people to um, generate um, both inbound and outbound leads from the platform um, in a hyper-personalized way without being pitchy by, by teaching people how to start a conversation, how to build rapport, how to nurture relationship, how to identify pain points, and then ultimately get them off of LinkedIn and into a one-to-one, much like this on a, you know, on a Zoom call or something like that. And it's then, there and then, that the selling can then take place. Um, but what, what you see, what I see all too often on LinkedIn is people send like their Calendly links to people to try and entice them off of LinkedIn, but they've not done any discovery. So they're, they're going into a meeting without even knowing whether the person that they're having the meeting with is, is in any way interested in what they've got to offer. Yeah. So, and as a result of that, they end up wasting a ton of time in, you know, involved in conversations with people that are never going to buy from them. And so, and so I kind of teach people and coach people through how to start that initial conversation and then guide it in a direction so that you take people from cold to sold. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's it. And it's not, it's not rocket science. It's a really basic uh, thing. People seem to forget how to do it on LinkedIn. They can do it if they go to a networking event and they're face-to-face. They know how to walk up to somebody and start a conversation. Because what, because what you don't see people doing at networking events, is it's very rare that someone will walk up to you at a networking event and just start pitching you. They don't do that because that would be rude. But for some reason, they think it's okay to do that on LinkedIn. It's almost they forget that the person on the other end is a person and not a pound sign. So it's it's kind of reminding people about that human element and reminding people about what they do when they first meet somebody for the first time. Because that, when you connect with somebody, that's what you're effectively doing. Yeah, I, I love that. You, I think what you've just made me think about then and realize is that at a networking event it is the, the person is in front of you the human is in front of you so you yeah. strike up that human relationship when you're um on linkedin um it's a number people turn it into a numbers game so they go okay i'm going to yeah. message a hundred people or a thousand people because it's a lot easier to do that and just hope yeah. that something sticks it's um, the it, it, it's the spray and pray approach that everyone kind of hates people doing on on linkedin and and that's what I, it's like my mission to stop people from doing that on the platform. Um, again, I know I've got an army background, but 
I call it like the, the sniper approach. Be really targeted in who you approach. Be really methodical in that approach. Have a structure, have a, have a not a template as such, but have a structure that you follow in order to get people from that initial um, uh, connection request being accepted to into a meeting and has got a genuine interest um, in the solutions that you've got to offer because you've already identified the, solu- the, the problems that you have and the solutions for those problems. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Perfect. So when you, when you started talking about who you are, what you did, and you said a LinkedIn expert, immersed yourself, and when you said the word immersed, I, I instantly thought about your LinkedIn banner and your picture because you're, <laughs> you're, I guess, um, submerged in, um, in water, in indeed that. indeed um, yeah what, what is that why um and how did that idea pop into your head and, and how does how does that link with you first of all i want to put out a massive shout out to danny townley bannerman dan because yeah. i i approached danny and um and i had this kind of crazy concept that i ran by and letting him know that i wanted to incorporate my my profile photo with my banner i wanted the two to become one so to speak um and i wanted it to be so that i I looked as though i was underwater um but i wanted to do it in such a way that it kind of it kind of i managed to get the message out there of how i help people so i wanted my value statement to also uh, integrate with the banner and the image and so yeah i think i've success i think we've successfully done that danny did a fantastic you know job of of the graphics but the story behind it is that um my my mum and my auntie used to take me take me and my sister and my cousin to to western supermare beach mm-hmm. um it's where we used to go for holidays we'd stay in a caravan and um this one time we went out myself and my cousin and we went out we swam out into the into the sea the muddy sea i used to call it because it's because it's horrible um, but <laughs> But I wasn't the strongest of swimmers. Um, I was only young. Um, if I remember rightly, I was probably only about eight or nine years of age. And um, yeah, we we were swimming in the sea and I got cramp. We'd just eaten lunch and I got this really bad cramp in my right leg. I couldn't couldn't kick my leg. And so I started going under and I was I was literally breathing in water and drowning for, for all intents and purposes. I was actually kind of dying. And my, I was like flailing my arms all over the place. And my cousin, fortunately, wasn't too far away. And she was able to paddle over on her, on her lilo. And she kind of saved me. She stopped me from going under. We went back to the beach and, and that was that. And, or at least I thought that was that. What, I, what then happened was that I developed uh, aquaphobia. So for, um, for a large part of my life, I was, I was scared of getting into water and not being able to touch the bottom. And I was scared of my head going under the water. So, so it was, it was really tough um, for me to be able to kind of remain calm in water. Um, so as I got older, um, I, I wanted to join the, the forces and, um, and I kind of mentioned it to, to my mom and dad and they were like, well, if you want to join the forces, you're going to have to kind of get over this, this, this um, fear of water that you've got. So my dad started taking me to the, the swimming baths and it all started off with like splashing water over my face, getting, you know, getting me used to the water, going in deeper and deeper, um, going in to like chin level and put my chin under the water. 
And, and all the time that this was happening, by the way, I can't, I can't explain just how scary it was for me. Like it would make me feel physically sick that the, 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 how, how the fear would be that intense. But over time, I think it was over about five or six weeks of, of exposure therapy, I suppose you'd call it. Um, I just kept going deeper and deeper. My chin would go under, my mouth would go under, my nose would go under. And before I knew it, I was like putting my face in for a second and then two seconds and three. And eventually um, I was able to overcome the fear of water that I had. And, um, and you know, I, I ended up joining the army. I passed all my, all my swimming tests with, you know, like a breeze with no problems whatsoever. So, so I thought when I was, when I was launching my business, um, I knew the importance of a personal brand. I knew the importance of having a story. And I thought it would be great to try and show the confidence that I've got now of, 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 you know, of being in the water. Um, hence why when they told me about, when I found out about the LinkedIn cover story, um, I was actually speaking to Nick Rayburn. And he was saying it'd be so awesome, you know, if you could if you could have a video of you under the water, because yeah, uh, it would it not only would it look really great and, and it's kind of different and kind of stands out, but I don't think Nick at the time understand understood my the story behind the brand, so to speak. Um, but but I, but it kind of resonated with me, and I thought, you know what, that would be awesome. Yeah, why not have a video cover story? So what I did was, I um I just got into my hot tub one day with my with my phone. Yeah. I went under went underwater and it took me ages. It took me absolutely ages. I was like, I think it was about two hours or something. I was like wrinkly. I was like really wrinkly by the time I got out. But I couldn't quite get it, get the angle right. Um, every time I went underwater with my phone, the, the warmth of the water, because it was a hot tub, the 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 button for the, you know, where I press the button to film, yeah. it would sense the warmth of the water and think somebody had touched the button to stop the filming. Yeah. So, yes. So it took me ages, but eventually I managed to get, get a couple of videos, stitch them together and then was able to have that as my cover story. And a lot of people go, oh, my God, how do you hold your breath for so long? Yeah. <laughs> but it's two videos stitched together. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just, you just spoiled, spoiled that for everybody. <laughs> the, tr- the truth is revealed. It is indeed. It is indeed. So I guess um, because you help so many people on LinkedIn um, and you have a number of conversations with people about LinkedIn, what do you see as the, the top two or three things that people should be doing different than what they already are doing or what's the top two or three bits of advice that you find that you uh you give to people apart from what you said before about the reason for your profile is not a cv um yeah. what in addition to that what else so are you are we talking just about your profile now or are we talking about linkedin in general oh shall we have two for each okay all right so Thanks. Make it even harder for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So, so the first thing I think people um, underestimate the power of a powerful banner. Um, people comment on my banner every single day, every single day, without question, I will get a message of some description or a comment in the comments that talk, that, that mentions something about my banner. What my banner does effectively is keeps me memorable. It's, I know everyone talks about it as an advertising space, as a billboard, and it is absolutely, it is absolutely that. Um, but the biggest mistake that I see people make with their banner um, is that they don't format the banner correctly. So what they'll do is they'll put text on the banner, but then when they, um, when you look at their 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 banner on a phone or on a or on a or on a desktop, 
most a lot of the text has been covered by the profile photo because they've not optimized it for both devices yeah. um also the text that they tend to put on they'll they'll put it on and it'd be too small so it won't be again optimized for mobile you must consider the size of the text for mobile devices so when they put lots of i don't know contact details and things like that on the banner and you can't even see it on mobile so i so my biggest tip for 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 your banner is make sure you've got a solid value statement in as few words as possible that indicates to your ideal prospects exactly how you can help solve their problems because when people look at your profile for the first time and see your banner they make their mind up within three seconds as to whether you're a good fit for them or not it's yeah. that 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 three seconds that, that, that you, you need to grab their attention so so if you make that headline all about them then it's more likely to resonate and then more likely to then go check out the rest of your profile. So second so make, thing. So, so sorry, just on that, just, I guess, just to clarify. So it's about making a value statement that, that resonates with your ideal person that you, that's visiting your, your profile. But yeah. also you said about making it memorable. Um, yeah. So, so making it memorable, I'm talking about like, if you look at my banner, it, it keeps me memorable because there's, because it's a bit wacky and it, it, it stands out. Other ways that you can do that is just with a clever use of graphics. I can't, I can't recommend enough the importance of getting a banner designed professionally. You know, you can, yes, you can jump on Canva. You know, if you've got a, if you, if you, if you've got a tight budget, you can create your own banner. But you're probably not going to achieve as much with that as you would do if you went and saw someone like Danny who really understands kind of the mechanics of a banner and what what you're trying to achieve um so yeah um so that's the first thing on the banner just being memorable could be something as simple as like having striking colors you know in in the background that's another area that people get wrong you know is that they'll go with i've seen i've seen banners and they're white so yeah. there's kind of no separation between the banner and the white section below the banner. So it just looks like loads of white space, look, which, which looks really strange to me. Um, another point is profile photos. A lot of profile, talking of backgrounds, profile photos that I see that have a white background. It's so easy to change the background of your profile photo. All you have to do is use a little tool called um, remove background. If you literally, if you type in remove background into Google, a a, a free tool pops up called remove.bg and you can basically just upload your, your current photo into that tool and it pulls the background out to leave a transparent background. You go into Canva and you just drop your, your profile photo onto a colored background. The beauty of that is that instead of, when, when you look at your profile photo uh, on your banner, it's really big, right? It's about that, it looks about that big, doesn't it? So. Yeah. So when you, but then when you comment on people's content, it's tiny, it's really small. And so if you've got a white background that blends in with the white background of LinkedIn, it doesn't stand out. Guaranteed, if you go and check through now and look at like the comment section, the people that will stand out are the people that have got like a bright pink or a bright yellow or a bright green background. Yeah. So drop in a colored a colored um background behind your profile photo will really make you stand out in the comment section and in the feed yeah love it love it what other tips have you got for us 
Other tips, Rob, commenting, obviously, massively, massively important and massively underrated. Um, I know, I think it's John Palmer that talks about comments, you know, being content in their own right. And it's so true. Um, Another tip for you, though, with regards to headline is make sure you optimize your headline, not just for your profile, but for the way that your headline appears when you comment. Because although you've got about 150 characters or something like that in your headline, um, there's a lot less characters that will appear when you comment on someone's content. I think it's something like 75 characters will appear when you comment on someone's content um, in, uh, sorry, on a, on a desktop. That's what you see in the newsfeed. Yeah. On, a, on a mobile device, I think you only see about 30 characters. So what's really important in your headline is that you optimize the first bit to make sure that people can grasp um, a little bit about you and understand the, the benefits and the, the value that you bring in that first bit of your of your of your headline. Um, so yeah, optimize your headline not just for your profile but for um, every device. Yeah, love it, love it. No, thank you for that. And I guess um, what is next for you, Dino? Oh, um, well, I've got a target for got a target for the end of uh, the year, and I want at least a hundred clients. I'm I'm sitting on about about forty right now, um, so there's still kind of work in progress of things that that are, that I'm doing to to, to make that happen. Um, but yeah, what what next in terms of of LinkedIn and the business, or in in general? Yeah, both, both actually. So yeah, because I, I think equally we spoke about you and we spoke about LinkedIn and uh, both. So I'd be really keen to understand what's next for, for Dino the man and what's next for <laughs> Dino the LinkedIn legend. I don't know, mate. I think I'm not like I'm not like one of these people that plans my life and has a five year plan and and all that sort of thing. I just I just want to kind of just enjoy life and make sure I provide for my kids, make sure they're happy, make sure that they have the life that, that, that although I had a good, a happy life, um, I don't want them to go through some of the bad stuff that I went through. So it's making sure that, that they're all right, really. I want my clients to be happy. Um, so uh, I enjoy um, building relationships with people. I like, I like this. I like, yeah. you know, like, again like you you alluded to it before and you mentioned that you know the power of LinkedIn it's such a everyone talks about it like it's the power of LinkedIn but it's not the power of people like like I had a client um, who happened to live in Bristol who recommended my service to you we then had a chat it turned out that you lived in Chorley around the corner we went for a beer and we keep like we keep banging heads every now and again and coming together and having, you know, having a bit of a laugh, having a chat yeah. and whatever. So, so yeah, what's next for me? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I just want to keep doing my thing. I want to keep being, you know, being real and just helping people where I can. And if I can make a living out of that, then great. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not someone that has like massive, massive ambitions, really just want to, if I could reach financial freedom, like most people want, where I don't have to worry about the bills, then yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, you know, perfect. No, thank you. Um, what are you having for your tea? 
I'll have to ask her indoors about that. Oh, oh does, does, does she cook for you every day? You know, that... she she does, mate. She does, yeah. Um, on on the most part, I'm what I train in my in my spare time. I love. Um, I used to be um, a very keen runner. Um, during my years in the forces, uh, as I kind of mentioned before, that I used to be a PTI, physical training instructor, and so. Over the years, I've run a lot of miles and that's taken its toll, uh, especially when you're carrying weight. So so I took up bodybuilding of all things. So back in January, um, I started training in the local gym. The guys down there kind of got me into bodybuilding. So I'm right at the beginning of that journey, but it involves me eating quite well. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I think it's 2,500 calories a day that I eat at the moment, which is it's a fair bit. But yeah, I've got. I'm very fortunate to have a have a, a girlfriend that we've been together for eight years, and she's 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 like, she's just amazing. She like she proper looks after me. So, you know, if um, if if I say that I need to have X Y Z calories throughout this X Y Z calories on this day, then she'll kind of she'll make she'll rustle things up to make sure that it fits in with my my nutrition plan. So yeah um I, I can't grumble let's put it that way yeah yeah and it, whatever you're having for your tea tonight it'll be a surprise for you but it'll be something that's on the plan uh, it'll be something it'll be something with high protein and high carbs yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably gonna be sort of like chicken and rice or chicken and uh, chicken yeah. and potatoes or something <laughs> perfect if people want to know more about dino where would they go what would they see what would they find so if you wanted to work with me or find out more about me I live and breathe LinkedIn, right? So I am on that platform day in, day out. Um, I know people drop links for, uh, you can email me. You can send me an email to craig at influxio.com. Um, but the, the the place where you're always going to reach me is through my LinkedIn inbox. Totally appreciate that not everybody is connected with me. Um, but, you know, I'm, I can be a bit selective sometimes about who I connect with because I like to, I think it's all about having a, um, a quality network as opposed to a large network. Um, so if you can't connect with me, then you can reach me on 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 my, on my phone number, which is 077-390-8046. Wow, so many different ways. And I think actually, Dino, you're the first person to share the phone number on the podcast. I'm open book, mate. I, you I would say I, I, I'm totally open. So yeah, as long as, as you know, if if somebody was calling me and I, and I couldn't be bothered to answer, then I wouldn't answer <laughs> Yeah. It's as simple as that. <laughs> no, amazing, amazing. I just want to say, Dino, thank you so much for your time this afternoon chatting to get to know a little bit more about you, how you help and, and offering that value as well. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you over the last few months and uh, and good luck with everything that you've got going on. Always a pleasure, never a chore, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.